Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Heroes of Pacific City, brought to you by Listen to These Nerds. Uh, my name is Harry, and I will be the DM for this evening. Uh, also joining me tonight, we have... Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm going to be resuming the role of Carsonon. Uh, hi, I'm Joe, and I'm going to be playing the role of Brandon Hart, a.k.a. Mr. Medium. Hi, I'm John. I'm going to be playing Epimethea. I'm Jonathan, and I'll be playing Evelyn Kinglet, a.k.a. the Pelicanetic. All right. Um, so we're going to start the session off, um, basically, um, pretty much right where we left off last time. Uh, so it has been a couple days. Things have been rather quiet. Um, and what are you guys up to at the moment? Are you all just chilling in the base, or...? Um... um... So it, for reference on what the timeline is, this would be happening right after... Well, let's start with Epimethea first. Since the last time we saw Epimethea, you were dealing with a bunch of um, rather set-up hooligans in the Harpy's territory. So once that's dealt with, and assuming that nothing else is going on, what does Epimethea get up to in the, like, wee hours of the morning? Um, I mean... So, I mean, once she's done dealing with the... Um... Uh, dealing with the all of these people, she's going to uh, probably like put in a message on, on the group chat of about you know uh, how the um, how they probably how the the team probably needs to either keep up the illusion that the harpy is around or or more or patrol the harpy's territory a little bit more since it looks like the gangs are you know starting to move in. Okay, um, so it's like. You know, pretty late. This is like two o'clock in the morning when the, this happens, so you don't really get any replies back immediately. But uh, do you go back to the base to, or do you go back to your um, like actual home to sleep and stuff like that? Uh, no, uh, she'll she'll go back to her home to sleep. All right. So yeah. Um. So it is a new day. Um. Epimethea, when you wake up, you see that um. Gene has managed to uh, has entered the base because obviously you track like the where the goings on of everyone, um, and that also Nat has also returned back to the base. So, what do you decide to do for today? Um, so Nat's not back. No, Nat is back. Sorry, Nat is back. Okay, yeah. Then, um, I mean, uh, the first thing she'll she'll do is she'll check in with Nat and like see how they're doing. Yeah. Um, so when you come back to the base, um, Gene and Nat are kind of, so you go, uh, back to the base, Gene and Nat are kind of engaged in a conversation. Um, it seems like Gene is talking, like, you'd only catch, like, the tail end of it, but Gene's like, okay, so what about, like, a really big engine? Do you think you could do that? And then Nat's like, I don't think with the materials that we have provided, and Gene's like, ah, nuts. Oh, hey, Epimethea, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Uh, how are things with you? Uh, I was just trying to see if Nat can help us with uh, repairs to my dad's van. It's getting a little sputtery, but uh, I don't think the stuff that we have here is going to really do it. That and, um, well, and, and Nat's like, it's not a matter of me not wanting to. I'd love to. It just, I feel the materials could be used for better purposes, if that makes sense. And Gene kind of looks like, all right, fine, fine. Uh, Speaking, I, oh, I mean, if, if you need somebody to look at your dad like what what's wrong with the with the truck exactly uh hell if we know it's just been having a bit of trouble starting it's probably just something with the battery uh i just wanted to see if we could maybe you know soup it up a little bit because nothing like a white panel van is exactly you know cool to drive if that makes sense i i mean i i could give it a look over i'm you know pretty good with machines I'll... oh well hmm well Let's see if it's the battery issue. If it's something worse than that, we'll, um, I'll let you know. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, no, but Nat was saying also that she would want to talk to you about something. Basically, it seemed like you had a really big conversation later today, or last night. Uh, I mean, we did, but, uh, sure, uh, uh, Nat, do you mind if Gene is here while we're talking, or? I don't exactly see why not. Um, so yeah, um, and Nat basically is like, well, I've been thinking about it, and even if I may be, I don't know, destined seems like a poor choice of words, but built for this sort of purpose, I feel like, I don't know, 
now we should start doing something with it, you know? And I was wondering if there was some thing I could help you with for your designs. I know we discussed the matter briefly last night, but now I feel a bit more motivated to go at it. Uh, all right. Well, um, uh, well, if you want to help with uh, something in fabrication, there, I, I've been working on a new type of uh, round for uh, Carsonon's rifle uh, based on uh, his old suit. Uh, and, and, like, Epimethea will start to, like, get into it if unless stopped by somebody else. Yeah, no, uh, you guys basically um, proceed to start techno-talking, and Gene kind of uh, bows out at this moment, realizing that he is very out of his element. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to say that at this point, after a bit of techno-talking, if this is going to be early in the morning, I'm going to respond to the group chat about the Harpies' territory with, geez, that sounds pretty serious. Uh, can I come down to the base and we can talk about it? Um, well, I... Uh, Cassandra's not really, like, looking at her phone right now, so... Yeah, Gene will see it and be like, yeah, sure, um, the nerds are talking, so they're kind of... The nerds are talking. Feel free to drop by. Cool, cool, on my way. Uh, so, yeah, about 20 minutes later, uh, Carsonon stops by and... Uh, hey, Epimethea. Uh... Or do you prefer Cassandra when you're out of suit? Uh, Cassandra, preferably. I mean, uh... I mean, let, let's try, try and keep the it consistent... Uh, yep, out of suit, I'm Cassandra, good. with the hood on, I'm Delphi, and Epimethea knows nothing about technology. Please stop asking Epimethea to solve tech problems. Okay, I'll do that. Um, mm -hmm. Again, something I'm working on. Carsonon, um, do you mind if I look at the um, amplifier, the, um, the upgrades, the gauntlets? I think with the uh, tools that we have right now, I can make them a bit better. As you're saying this, I am already taking off my gauntlets and practically <laughs> shoving them into Nat's face. Oh, th th thank you. Oh, yeah, yes. So, oh, yeah, okay. Nat. Carson, uh, uh, before you, you like, just a, a warning. We figured out uh, yesterday that anything that Nat builds is going to have uh, basically a, a remote kill switch. And uh, since we're not sure exactly who can, like, who knows about it, uh, you might not want to, to put it in everything that you're using, just so you, you, you know, Wait, you're have a saying backup. Whatever Nat designs, there's somebody out there who has a remote control for this thing? I well, don't think so. It's more of um, a dead man switch. If for some reason I'm ever depowered, it seems like it will disable any device that I create. So what yeah. you're saying is we shouldn't put all of our eggs in one basket? Well, hypothetically, yes, but... Well, unless you have any plans of removing my hydrogen core anytime soon, I'm not exactly worried about that. I Tell mean, you. theoretically, um, somebody could... I, For example, I, I was able to generate a, a, a similar signal. It will, like, at, at a short range burst rather than at something, like, as large as what would happen with, if uh, Nat were to, you know, I be see. shut okay. down. But So... All right, all right. So you've already given me the upgrade to my gauntlets from earlier. Uh, what else were you thinking of doing with these guys? Well, the one that I have right now uses very minimal technology because I didn't really have a lot of material. With the things that I have now, and Nat gestures over to like the the junked electric car and the um, like all the broken down consumer electronics. I could probably make the amplifier a bit stronger. I was also thinking of something involving your visor. It wouldn't be messing with your helmet, just something that might help you aim a little better. And, okay, but again, we're talking about the possibility that somebody could turn these off if they ever wanted to. Yes, that's why these would be designed as add-ons. I wouldn't be messing with the core. These would be, um... Uh, accessories? Yes, accessories. All right, well, I mean, if it's not going to mess with uh, the core items themselves, then if you'd like to put some add-ons onto these, then by all means, go right ahead. Yeah, so um, so she sort of takes the um, the original amplifier that they, the, they take the original amplifier off of the gauntlets that you use, tosses those into the feeder along with a couple of the, um, like, broken-down DVD players, um, sort of starts printing something out, and these ones look very similar to the amplifier that you she uh, that they made originally, but these uh, look a bit beefier. 
So slotting them into um, your shot gauntlets, you immediately hear that like high pitched whine of like something charging up. Ooh. All then right. The, um... Then um, they take some uh, other DVD parts. They sort of like toss them in the thing, and it creates sort of like a, a barrel shroud that. Um, and then Nat starts asking you some questions about like how exactly does your visor work in terms of um, is it um, an actual like is that clear glass is it just a heads up display? Uh, I think it's a head like the visor. I'm pretty sure it's several layers of reinforced bulletproof glass over um, uh, yeah a heads up display on the inside. Okay, so then maybe and they print out a sort of a uh, like a barrel shroud. And as you slip it over the front of your rifle, you notice that it starts pointing that it has like a um, almost like a laser sight that is uh, that you can see through the helmet that allows you to see where it's aiming, even if you're not looking down the scope. Oh, this is cool. Oh, Nat, you are the, you are the best Santa Claus ever. <laughs> well, I, I certainly try. I probably could have made it a bit better in the ballistics calibration, but I don't know how your visor works, so oh, I Nat, went with the laser sight. This is enough, Nat. This is this is more than enough. Thank you so much. This is yeah. amazing. Uh, um, so, Chris, what's your? Yeah. You have like a gadget's die size, right? I do. Yes. Uh, um, increase that to a uh, increase that one extra level as long as it doesn't go above D twelve. Oh wow! Um, so gadgets goes up to a ten then. Yes. Holy cow. Okay. Um, all right. And as, uh, but before I head over to the range to start practicing, uh, yeah, reason I came down, um, Cassandra, I saw that you'd put something on a group chat saying that thugs were moving into the Harpy's old territory and stuff. Yeah, they seem to be figuring out that the Harpy's not there to defend it anymore, so. Yes. Well. Um, I will also say that this is probably early enough in the morning that, uh, Mr. Medium and the Pelicanetic... You've probably also woken up and seen this text message. So feel free to enter the scene whenever you wish. Okay. Yeah, so Gene uh, pipes up at this point. Yeah, speaking of gangs, have either of you ever heard about a group called The Collective? Um, could I roll for that with um, Die Hard Fan? Um, do you have uh, Criminal Underworld? Or is it just Die Hard Fan? Die Hard Fan. All right, um, roll that. I'll consider it part of your um, experience as a police officer. Okay. If we're going to do some exposition, I think this will be a good time for uh, Evelyn to saunter into the base. She's yep. still getting used to her new uh, kind of, you know, uh, access here. But she's got, you know, she's got a latte. She's finishing <laughs> up a, a croissant she got from the cafe. Mm. I'm going to hey, say hey. That, that Evelyn and uh, Brandon come in together. Hey, folks, look mm. who I found out in the street. Small <laughs> ah, world. Hey, um, so stuff's been going on uh, that we need to talk about. You guys want to make yourselves comfortable first? Uh, yeah, I saw your text. That's why I'm here. Uh, yeah. Looks like you folks were already uh, discussing it. You could go ahead. I'll catch well, up. Well, actually, the nerds over there were just discussing some uh, stuff that Nat's building. But other than that, yeah, yeah we're just cool. kind of getting into it. I'm a actually, nerd. maybe the Nat stuff is relevant. Why don't we just get that out of the way first for these two? So yeah, uh, so Nat kind of like says like, well, uh, okay, um, yes. Is there anything that I can build for you? I've um, I've started becoming rather proficient at it, and I want to help in any way that I can. Oh, th that's very nice of you to offer. It's kind of funny actually. I used to rely a lot on gadgets, but I've been learning to channel my aura kind of through through natural uh, channels in my body, I guess, like, in a kind of like a, ch a chakra system, maybe something analogous to that. Anyways, uh, if I think of anything, I'll let you know. Oh, okay. Um, well, please let me know as soon as possible. Uh, Mr. Medium, is there anything that I can do for you? Or Brandon, I suppose, as the current situation may be. Um, unless you have a understanding about how the undead function, I believe I will be fine. But I appreciate ah. it. And he wad. Brandon walks over and, and uh, pats Nat on the shoulder. Ah, well, that is uh, a shame. Well, at least I can uh, I can still build things for um, Epimethea and Carsonon and um, um, Sation. And Nat actually looks over at Sation and Sation goes, Ah, I don't know what you could possibly build for me, but uh, thanks for the offer. And Nat's like, oh, okay, um, well, still, at least we can discuss some things like those... Um, ammunition prototypes that you are thinking of. 
And with this, Nat turns to uh, uh, Cassandra. Yeah, so uh, uh, Cassandra basically um, a explains that uh, one of the the settings or energies that the uh, that Carson's old uh, equipment used to use created what is as close to a some sort of like pure force uh, energy as uh, she's ever seen. Uh, and the oh, idea wow. green setting, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was thinking that. Uh, if you had the force uh, distributed enough so that instead of when you hit somebody with a bullet, instead of punching through, it just gives a big kind of uh, like bang, you could use it to create a, a, a very effective non-lethal round. Oh, some, something calculated to be non-lethal. I mean, I've just been eyeballing the gauge and dialing things down, but this would let me be able to, you know, be safer, but also have to think less about my ammo at the same time. Whoa, 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 are you and Gene pipes up is like, whoa, 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 are you saying that when Carson was a teenager, he had access to telekinesis? Not it's more like no, more like force field related stuff. Um, but yeah, it was pretty sweet. Not going to lie. Yeah, from, from what I can tell, it was mostly about uh, either pushing things away or, or uh, as Carson stated, creating barriers. There wasn't any sort of pulling. Well, there was one. It's hard to tell that a lot of the equipment is degraded. Um, mm. The it, at this point, it the the easiest method seems to be a sort of big release of energy, like the the shock bullets. Um, but uh, put forth in a more concentrated way and not reliant on electricity. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I could see what designs I could come up with. Well, I mean, if you wanted to do that, you're welcome to. But like. I feel bad because you've been doing, like, Cassandra, between you and Nat, you two have been doing a lot for me lately. I mean, I want to make sure that the whole team is able to get some stuff in. Like, you, for example, Cass? Well, I mean, I... Honestly, what I really need is uh, is some Delphi-themed weaponry, because uh, the Epimethea stuff, unfortunately, has to stay a little thematic and a little mystical. Um, I'm... I, I was lucky enough to, to have uh, to, to to pull that hypnos thing out in the last fight, but it, it it's hard to keep on theme and also create new weapons. Um, what did you have in mind? And Nat starts like looking in very expectantly, as if like, yeah, yeah, come on, let's go, let's do some stuff. Oh, uh, Nat's jonesing. We gotta help him out here. Wait, so you say thematic? You mean like Greek? mythology like ancient greek mythology there's tons of material there yeah i it's like it, it's a matter of of form and function though like i uh for instance i can i can do uh i i made some uh lightning bolts she does the air quotes that uh that i i but they were really hard to do and required basically to to create an ionized plasma out, out of it, it was an incredible amount of energy, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, and like the a lot of my my weapons are like would would be much more functional if they looked like real modern weapons. But I, I right. kind of committed to a theme here. So. Uh, well, uh, have you tried a, a bow and arrow? Might be a little unwieldy, but with the size of the suit, you could get a pretty large compound bow. Do some serious damage. Um, you may remember that um, Epimethea did, in fact, use a bow on the uh, the hagfish a couple sessions oh, yes. back. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. The the the, the issue is um, one. Uh, well, first and foremost, I, I need to make sure that I don't leave evidence behind. So no shell casings, no any arrows that I fire either have to you know get uh, expend their payload and then uh, disintegrate or blow up or whatever so that people can't you know try and reverse engineer them or i need st stuff that i can that i can just play off a, as advancedly mystical so, sorry uh, question why does delphi need to be mystical oh not why delphi uh, the oh. epimethea weapons the delphi oh. uh, uh the the role that we've kind of crafted for that that Persona is more tech-based, so I'm hoping that uh, I, I just haven't had time to really 
put together anything, and I, I don't exactly want to just be running around with a handgun. Well, if you're <laughs> if you need someone to help you get into your role, I'm here. And uh, I have some breathing yeah. exercises we might try, some vocal warm ups, some ah ah ah, and he be Brandon begins doing vocal warm ups. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you, Brandon. But I, I mean, I guess I should probably do a voice for for, for Delphi. Step into my my office as he points to like a corner of the base. Yeah. It's getting um, like operatic over on that side of the table. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so um if you'd like, I can probably come up with a few things and build some prototypes. I understand that you have some apprehensions about as Carsonon said, putting all of your eggs in one basket, but it could be a good starting point. Yeah, uh, and I, I think I, I mentioned this yesterday. If nothing else, uh, if we can uh, use your abilities for prototyping and then uh, just rebuild a, uh, a a version that doesn't ha have that the vulnerability in it afterwards. Well, um, I'll see what I can do. Um, and Nat starts looking at like the materials and is like trying to figure out how they're going to do this. Um, I, I would like to start right now, but I realize that you might have some things to discuss. Is there some place where I can work that is probably less disruptive to all of you? Uh, yeah, uh, Cassandra will, will point towards the uh, to, towards the, the workshop. If you want, you can go in there. Ah, excellent. And Nat starts, like, moving materials and, like, pushing the chassis of the car into the workshop. And, uh, yeah, seems to be getting to work on something. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Um, so while, yeah, while that goes on, um, I'm gonna bring something else up to the group, like the fact that there's apparently gangsters moving into the Harpy's territory, or what used to be her territory, because they've realized she's left the city and stuff. Yeah, and, um, so, Chris, what did you get on that roll for knowing about the Collective? Um, my mid-die was a six. Okay, so, success of the minor twist. So, you remember, um... Because you were you only stopped being a cop fairly recently, right? Like within the last uh, year or so. Yeah, like uh, less than a year ago. Okay, so you remember that when you were a cop, um, the gang sort of landscape in Pacific City was very diverse. There were you know gangs like the High City Rollers that kind of originated in the city, and then there were also gangs that originated in the city but had ties to gang syndicates overseas. Your triads, your Yakuza, your Vietnamese and East Indian gangs, that sort of thing. Yeah. When Marino showed up, um, he more or less started cleaning house, and a lot of those smaller gangs had the resources to fight them, but especially ones that had connections overseas realized, like, it's gonna take week like maybe like days or weeks before any help gets here and in that time we have to fight marino and his made men more or less on our own so yeah. the collective is kind of a, a patchwork sort of almost a union of these sort of like gangs with overseas connections that kind of formed out of necessity they never really won against marino but they've been a continual thorn in his side for some time most people just kind of assumed that they'd like gone dark because nobody had heard about them for a while. Uh. But um, yeah, like, and as far as you're aware, they basically vanished sometime before you left the police force. So Gene mentioning them, like apropos of nothing is kind of interesting. So, hmm. yeah, so I explained what the collective is to the group. And then, so it's interesting you bring them up because, I mean, we as the police always assumed that there was some sort of big fight that happened between them because, you know, Marino was the only thing kind of holding them together. And, you know, there might have been some internal power struggle that made them all just go dark for a while. Like, what's going on exactly? Yeah, evidently I was um, talking with Ben and getting him situated at the hit. And he mentioned something about working for them on a sort of contract basis whenever he needed money. You know, nothing major, mostly just helping them move heavy equipment, maybe just helping them, you know, like, intimidate a shopkeeper here or there. But, and how, uh, yeah, how, the fact that they're active seems to be, like, because, man, shit, I used to be running one of the gangs that was loosely related to one of the, I guess you can call them, like, tent poles of the old collective? I don't wait, know. Wait, wait, wait. You used to run with a gang? Not 
anything serious. They were some weird subsidiary of something else, but, well, look, it's a long story, but rest assured, I was kind of surprised to hear that name get dropped all of a sudden. Well, I mean, it almost kind of makes sense. So you've got these smaller gangs who used to have a lot of power and a lot of territory, and then a bigger guy comes in and pushes them out, and they start working together, uh, but it doesn't really get them anywhere, and then all of a sudden, there's this huge power vacuum in the city with all this new territory uh, opening up. It kind of makes sense that they'd want to work together to establish a, a mutual foothold again. So I then who are the other role. players? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm no expert. I was just a guess. Yeah. So, um, Brendan, I will remind you, since it has been a while, that when you were sort of hanging out in the Harpy's territory, you spotted uh, members of the High City Rollers that were kind of skulking about. Uh, and you also saw that motorcycle gang with a logo you didn't quite recognize? No. <clears throat> anyway, um... <laughs> uh, I do actually have something. Uh, I, I remember, uh, on a patrol, I was, um... Well... I ran across some of the High City Rollers, and, uh... In particular, I... There were some individuals there I didn't... I wasn't able to recognize from any of the local gangs. What did their logo look like? Well, and then I described the logo generally. Yeah. So, Chris, you yeah. will recognize this as the logo of the true Iron Devils, which is a so-called splinter group of the Iron Devils, which is a motorcycle gang. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah and High I City Rollers, everyone, or at least um, everyone except for um, Evelyn will know as a gang that has been routinely kind of Marino's punching bag for some time. Yeah, I point that out to everyone. Uh, and I will say that this has probably happened, like, earlier than, um, so you don't need to really, oh, this will just be part of the role that you made before. Uh, so the true Iron Devils, um, so the Iron Devils were a big motorcycle gang that kind of operated in the rural, more rural areas of um, Pacific City, but had some sort of, like, holdings that were in the city. Um, when Marino uh, basically gave them an offer of buying out their holdings uh, in return for more or less leaving like their rural operations alone, they more or less accepted. This had the side effect of pissing off a lot of the members of the Iron Devils that had like significant investments in those holdings. And so they formed a splinter group called the True Iron Devils because, you know, the Iron Devils don't back down from you know, challenges, other toxic masculinity bullshit. Um, and they've been also kind of, like, sort of unable to really establish a foothold against Marino, um, though it is kind of assumed the reason why they've been able to last for so long is that, um, like, the Iron Devils are kind of supplying them on the DL. Shit. Uh, okay, well, it sounds like this is just getting more and more complicated as we dive into this. Yeah, and... Well, so, uh, nothing's really happened so far, so maybe they've learned to cooperate? I mean, you know, far chance, but, well, people aren't dying is what I'm getting at, and there's nobody going out and getting shot or any indications that this is going to boil over, so maybe they've reached some sort of compromise. Of course, it could also mean that they just haven't really gotten around to it. Yeah, honestly, I do not like this. Like, enough. I've spent enough time on the Force to recognize patterns and stuff like that, and the fact is, gangs like this don't stay quiet forever. And if all of these workings are going on behind the scenes, I'm just getting a bad feeling in my stomach about this. Call it call it instinct. And, and also, if they are quiet, then they might be doing something even more nefarious. Yeah. yeah. Like, if they went public with the stuff before that was bad enough as is, what are they doing that's so bad that they can't show their face in public about it? Yeah. So wait, Epimethea, or Cass, why did you, like, know that people were apparently, like, wising up to this? John? Uh, well, I, uh, there were, uh, it was the, the, the High City Rollers were the ones who, who, who basically, um, um, they didn't say, actually. They just said that they owed money. The people that you arrested just said that they owed money to some very bad people, but you never really asked for clarification on that. Yeah, so she'll just say, uh, the, uh, there were a bunch of people who were, uh, well, I wouldn't say paid, but they, they paid off, they were paying off their debts by causing a ruckus in the Harpy's territory, 
um, basically trying to poke the uh, the the bear to see if they got a reaction. I, I assume. And so somebody's basically rung the dinner bell. Great. So what do we do now? <laughs> um, well, uh, one option uh, would be to just start patrols in that area. Um, that that works for me. I'll add it to my daily patrol. Yeah, I'm gonna scope out the place as well. Hopefully, if we start moving in, then we can reduce the amount of influence that's gonna come into the place. I mean, yeah. Problem is, is that we're not really the harpy, and the harpy kind of ruled that roost with a very specific brand of action. It's at this moment that uh, one of the proximity sensors for the uh, like the portal in the museum uh, goes off. What the hell's that? And uh, Epimethia, you pull up the thing, and it looks like there's like one of the museum security guards, and he's kind of just standing in front of the portal. He's got like what looks to be like a bunch of like papers in his hand, and he's kind of just like looking around as if he's trying to like find something. Uh, Epimethia, you've got mail. Okay, uh, I'll uh, head out. No. Oh. So you go through the portal and you see like this uh, like older looking security guard. You give him a bit of a jump as you step out. It's like, oh, oh, um, hi, uh, Epimethia. Uh, I, I believe these are addressed to you. And you like see that there's a bunch of like, like, uh, like this loose stack of like letters and like manila and like one of those like chipping packages, basically. And he's like, ah, they, they've been coming into the museum for the last couple of days. I was trying to figure out how to get them to you. I, I guess you figured out I was uh, <laughs> here. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, uh, thank you um, for doing that. I, I will talk to my compatriots about finding a better method uh, for this uh, these uh, packages to reach me. All right, well, uh, just let us know, and uh, we'll, we'll figure something out, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, you take care now. And the man heads off to do what you assume to be his patrols. Mm -hmm. uh, so you went up in the, the suit. So you went up, uh, did you go up as Delphi, or did you go up in the suit? In the suit. Okay, uh, so as you're coming back, so you're starting to like look through these, and most of them are like letters. Um, there's one that's like, uh, like one of those big, like I said, shipping manila envelopes, like you'd use to ship like small items. Um, so yeah, you step back through the portal and, uh, like Jean's like, so what was all that about? I have mail apparently. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. And, uh, she'll like put all the mail on the, on the, on the table and like just yeah. kind of sort through it. So you look at one of them. Um, a couple of them are directed directly to Epimethia. Uh, some of them are just directed to members of Torch. Uh, do you guys just start opening them up? Uh, I'm going to shake mine to make sure it's not a bomb. <laughs> well, uh, the only one that's got any like significant substance to it is that, uh, that manila envelope that I mentioned earlier. Uh, shaking okay, well. it, uh, if you you shake that one, it doesn't seem there is something inside of it. That's but it's small, probably not a bomb. All right. Well, I'm gonna open the ones addressed to me. There All are right. any. Uh, there is one. It is a uh, it is a, like a piece of fan mail that is very obvious. That is talking about how it was so cool when you showed up at the um, the docks, and there's like a little sort of like um, like. Um, drawing at the bottom, and the letter is basically like, thank you, you saved my me and my son's life at the docks. It's the sort of people just expressing appreciation. Ah, okay, well. Oh, you've got fan mail. Yeah. There's a couple letters that are just directed to Torch in general, um, including that, uh, that manila envelope. Um, there's only a couple that are really, there's only like one or two that's really addressed to like specific people on the team. Um, okay, well, I guess we'll how about we set up sort of a mailbox for this sort of stuff? Like, you know, letters for everybody going to certain uh, cubbies and stuff. I mean, we could just set up a P.O. box. Yeah, okay. wait, you don't have a P.O. box? <laughs> uh, I mean, we it, never really got mail like this. Yeah. This is a fruit. Yeah, that, it, I, it's an oversight on my part. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll set that up uh, later today. What do we do about mm. the ones that address to all of us? Uh, I mean, it, the... Well, I'll have the P.O. box just be to Torch, and then we'll just... I, I, I assume that nobody here is going to start opening other people's mail? Fair. No. 
I'm not a creep, jeez. <laughs> I'm not a criminal, that's a federal offense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not really got any addresses for us, though. And these technically aren't a real ad guess, whatever. Right. So, so uh, um, do you guys go through the mail? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And All right. Before I do so, I go over to the whiteboard of list of things to upgrade the base with, and I write in mail cubbies for sorting mail. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get them cubbies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, All right. Yeah, so going through them, a lot of them are... Um, like very sort of like you know sentiments expressing things a lot of them are in response to like particular people expressing gratitude from the uh the hagfish encounter um there are a couple ones that are just straight up like hate mail classic all right and that cubby is going to be labeled the garbage (laughs) and so yeah so as you guys are going through um you tear open one of the things and out pops out a cell phone and a letter that seems to be attached to it. Note to self, the cubbies will also include metal detectors for possible bombs. Well, it doesn't look like it's a bomb. It looks like one of those, like, burner cell phones that you could buy at, like, a gas station for cheap. Okay. Uh, what does the letter that came with the phone say? So you open it up and unfurl it. The letter reads as follows. Dear Associative Members of Torch, I sympathize with the recent press conference that seemed to be showing that you guys had screwed up by letting the associates of the Mad Chemist gets away. I'm sure that probably stung a little bit. So, I believe that's why we should talk. I think I could be of use to you in providing information on the associates that helped the Mad Chemist. And in return, I'm willing to bet that maybe you're the only people that have got a reason to track me down. So it's hoping that we can come to an understanding. I give you the information. You guys basically make sure that you stop looking for it. If this is agreeable, simply take the phone that you have. There is a number on the cell phone that was provided in the envelope. Just text the number that's on the cell phone, the word agree. Just the word. Text anything else, you never hear from me again. Attempt to call the number, you never hear from me again. Just do so and we'll see if we can come to a harmonious agreement. Keep the phone in case you do decide, if you decide to follow along, I will be giving you further instructions if we decide to move forward on this. Sincerely yours, Vindictive. Wait, who was that Who was that again? You remember what? the Mad Chemist mentioned the name Vindictive when uh, you basically busted into that? Wait, guys? You remember at uh, when we were busting uh, the mad chemist, there was that one guy who got away in the car? Oh, the the, the very shabby-looking one. Yeah. I think that we might have found the last loose thread from that whole incident. Why would that one want to talk to us? Are they ask- Is he asking to be put in jail? I mean, it sounds like he wants to cut some sort of plea bargain with us. Yeah, but- the I only reason like... to make a deal like that is because he's scared, I think. So No, wait, wait, wait. Maybe I feel like he'd only go for a plea bargain if he thought that we were breathing down his necks. And the fact is, we haven't heard about the guy or gotten any clues for him. I think it's a little different than that. Maybe, as opposed to, like, getting away from something, maybe he's trying to get to something. Like, I don't know, money or power or something to come out of this? Or maybe, uh... There's someone else breathing down his neck, and he wants a way out of it. Protection. Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about this. Making deals with criminals? <sighs> seems like a bit of a gray area to me. Yeah. But you folks it, are the pros. No, I mean, you're right. It is getting into murky territory if we do something like this. Well, I would say it depends what do you, kind of deal we make with them. Well, we might as well entertain them, and at very least... If they contact us, we could have Epimethia trace them the information back. I mean, it's a burner phone. It's easy, I'm guessing, easier than some other tech. Well, uh, even if Epimethia can't track them through the phone, um, perhaps they will slip up. They did not, the, he didn't, did not seem like uh, any sort of mastermind. So I don't, I don't see why we wouldn't at least try to communicate with them. Huh. I mean, well, assuming that the man, assuming that he isn't just yanking our chain, and that there are actually, you know, people that helped the mad chemist, it might be nice to know if they're planning to do something else. I agree. 
And given the giant hagfish that got released the other day, like, you know, I'm guessing that there's some more stuff going on than we might think is going on. So, you know, given the lack of clues, it, I mean, group decision. For hearing him out, we can decide whether or not we want to do something, depending on whether or not he's actually sincere about it. Cass, you want well, to weigh in on this? <laughs> I suppose. I suppose we honestly gain nothing uh, from from doing nothing. A- at least if we follow along for now, it should open up more options later. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm gonna. Yeah, I mean, we can go along with it. In the meantime, I can dig into him a little bit, see if there's anything we could use against him as leverage. If you know it turns out that this isn't as good as it lets on. Okay, so uh, are you guys going to follow the letter's instructions and text agree to the number? I mean, if you guys want to, I'll agree with it. I'll do it. All right. Sure. So uh, you follow the letter's instructions, you text agree, and then kind of just wait. About 10-ish minutes later, um, you get a text back from a different number that basically says um, uh, it gives an address, uh, the rooftop of such and such address, 6 p.m. We got a place. We got a time. And I'm going to say you've got a bit of time to kill beforehand. Um, okay. So what are you guys going to do in the meantime? Uh, I, I, th- I believe we should perhaps do some reconnaissance. Hmm. I'm going to look into Vindictive, see if I can dig up any dirt on his past. Okay. Um... So anybody else, or is everybody else just sort of content to wait and see what happens? I, I would go check out the location beforehand. Okay. Scope it out. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll go, too. All right. Uh, I'll see if I can help Carson on with his research. I've uh, reasonably got some ideas about the criminal underworld. Maybe I can help. Sweet. Hey, tell you what. Uh, we'll... Uh, um... I can actually show you a couple of things. Some methods of research that uh, police departments used to use. Oh, shit. I got tricked into doing book work. Oh. Hey, hey, no, this is going to help you become a better detective. I mean, hey, and you're not you're not being a cop either. This is like, you know, what uh, the cool detective superheroes do. Uh, yeah, but I'm not a detective. I punch things. Well, there's nothing wrong with becoming a more well-rounded superhero. I guess. All right, come on. Uh, Epimethea, what, or Cassandra, what are you going to do in the meantime? Um, I mean, she does actually want want to, like, complete that Delphi equipment. All right, know. so you uh, you take this opportunity to kind of slink away into the workshop and see what uh, Nat's been cooking up. Yeah. All right, so um, we will start with... Um, Mr. Medium and uh, the Pelicanetic. So you guys uh, go check out the address that was given to you. As far as you can tell, it seems to be the rooftop of what looks to be an apartment complex. It doesn't really seem like, you know, like people, like you can see people coming in and out that probably live there. Um, There's a fire escape on one side that if somebody wanted to get it to the roof and was reasonably athletic, they could do it kind of seems like the it's pretty wide there's not really a lot of cover so it doesn't really seem like it's that good of a place to ambush you uh is there anything in particular you guys want to look for uh are there any people around um not on the rooftop no uh other rooftops that we could you know fly or jump to if we needed to get away quickly yeah i mean like it's an apartment complex and like a reasonably like not super dense but like you know like um like uh neighborhood so there's like other rooftops around so you can easily jump to ones across the street or even a neighboring building if like the height difference isn't too bad but i mean for you guys that's like you know easy stuff you know it, it seems almost like kind of a weird place for a, a guy to try and meet people he's trying to make a deal with unless he has a way to like you know fly or glide or jump really far to those other roofs like he drove a car away from the, the, the last time we fought him. I don't know if he has that many powers. It, for for a non-powered person to just be stuck on a roof with a bunch of superheroes that want to arrest him, it seems like a weird move. Yeah, well, perhaps we should... Um... I mean, he seems like a weird guy to start with, so whatever. I agree. Well, it doesn't seem like there's anything particularly suspicious about the area. So. No. Hmm. Well, would you like to... 
grab lunch, perhaps? Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> All right. Let's get lunch. <laughs> We're going to go get lunch at the nearest place. All right. Um, so, Chris, I'm going to yeah. say, um, so the problem with the research is that uh, you kind of hit a dead end immediately, is that there's not really a lot of information about this vindictive character. Oh, really? Yeah, like, this guy seems to be, like, a completely unknown quantity, which seems weird that he managed to get in on, like, the mad chemist's, like, ground floor of this plan sort of thing. Huh. There's next to no information about him in criminal circles. You seem to remember, like, yeah, well, I mean, like, officially, there's no documentation on, like, a villain that was arrested with the name Vindictive. Unofficially, yeah. there were these rumors going around that a guy, like, rolled, like, during a big fight that happened outside of, like, a Marino fighting ring, that somebody broke into the bookies' cages and stole a bunch of money and then tried to get away. And some people seem to think that's vindictive, but, like, the guy didn't exactly leave a name. Oh, God, I'm getting flashbacks to Ginger Snaps. Oh. <laughs> Like, yeah, there's this guy seems to be like a really unknown entity, which is weird because like Horlogia, like all the other ones were at least somewhat that you fought against the Mad Chemist at least had some street cred. I mean, even the Hunter had some street cred. It just wasn't necessarily here. Jeez, I feel like uh, a D-lister somehow got mixed in with a whole bunch of uh, big names and stuff. Which might explain why he's being so unbelievably coy about this. Weird. Okay, um, yeah, I'm just going to continue researching, but if nothing's going to come up, then, yeah, basically, um, you know, what can you do? Yeah. So, Epimethea, you um, slip off into the um, into the workshop, and Nat has seemingly created something that looks almost like a, an arm, uh, like a gauntlet of some sort, and uh, seems to be working on something else when you come in, and Nat's like, oh, uh, I, I didn't see you, come in. Uh, ooh, what, what do you think? And they run over to, like, the arm gauntlet, and they kind of, like, show it to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, she'll take a look at it, see what exactly the, uh, this gauntlet is. So, you put it on. It fits pretty well. Uh, and then Nat starts explaining, I managed to find a way to create a sort of resonance chamber using some of the parts available to me. It manages to produce a relatively powerful laser... I, I'm not sure about the specifics of how to render it a bit non-lethal. I was a bit rushed for time, but hopefully it's accurate enough that it at least gives you an idea for something. Yeah. Uh, what do I roll to to do? Uh, can I roll like an overcome to to kind of like check the design? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wow, I did really bad at, bad at that. I'm just going to do a, a elect to fail rather than to uh, succeed with a might. Uh, a major twist. With a major twist. Okay, yeah, so you yeah, can't really like the problem is, is that you never were able to see the design specifications that Nat used because all of this happened off of their head. Um, as far as you can tell, it seems to be a pretty decent laser, um, but like without taking it apart again, there's not really a lot you can kind of suss out about it beyond the fact that it can fire lasers. Unfortunately, you're also not really seeing a way that you can tune the power on it either. So whatever this thing is, it's a full blast all the time. Right, well, uh, have you tested it on the range yet? Uh, no, I was uh, busy making this secondary device, but I, I can work on that later. And sort of like they finished printing up whatever they were kind of doing and they sort of set it on the bench and um, like, you know, they gesture towards the range. Yeah. Um, uh, Cassandra's gonna go, like, slide it on and give it a shot. Alright. Well, uh, so good news, bad news. Uh, good news, very accurate. Um, bad news, it kind of cuts a hole in the target. So, good, but not exactly what you'd consider, like, non-lethal fare. Oh. Well? I didn't realize it would be that strong. Right, well... Um, design note one is we're going to need to figure out a way to regulate power. Yes, uh, yeah, of course. Um, uh, though, perhaps if we set this up as more of a, as a tool to, to, to cut through 
uh, surfaces, like, for instance, if uh, somebody was caught under rubble, if we can tune this to a, a little bit more precision and a little bit less power, we could uh, use it uh, as uh, for that. Um, yeah, uh, Cassandra's going to, like, go over to some, like, uh, like, get some paper and, like, start, like, writing out some, like, some ideas, some... yeah. Uh, so yeah, as you are sort of doing this, and Nat's kind of like going along, they um, they also go like, "Oh, by the way, we're we're running out of materials. Uh, when can we go get some more?" Sorry, what what have you been making that has used up an entire electric car? Well, it's mostly that. Well, it's mostly the titanium. The chassis's nice, but I can't work with a lot of the lithium. You see, it's been degraded too much. So most of the circuitry has been stripped bare. All that's left really now is the chassis and some more uh, and some of the battery that's still remaining. Uh, like I, it's it's I, I might be able to make something with the, the chassis, but obviously it lacks the necessary punch of something like this. Well, maybe uh, if we still have a good thing with that disposal area, I could probably go get some myself. Hey, I. I guess so, if you don't mind. Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, yes, I'll, I'll get it tonight. Um, hopefully everything remains quiet here at the base. Yeah, we're... Uh, I don't think we'll be seeing too, too much action. Uh, we're mostly looking into the one of the mad chemist's uh, compatriots uh, oh, I... that got away. Interesting. Um, well, if that's the case, I'll head out now. Uh, feel free to keep looking over the things that I've designed so far. I, I, I realized I was a bit in the middle of something when you showed up. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go get those materials right now. And Nat dons their, like, you know, disguise, which is really just a trench coat and a wide-brimmed hat so that people don't immediately notice that they are an android. And, uh, yeah, heads out to the city. And if nobody wants to do anything else, we can just time skip directly to the hour, as it were. I demand an entire hour of role-playing, eating lunch. <laughs> Where do you go wanna, for lunch, Joey? <laughs> I want to talk to the to the server. I want to ask how his day is. I want to argue about the tip. <laughs> this I'm going to live vicariously through my character. <laughs> I'm going to go out. I'm going to enjoy things. I'm going to talk to another person and be within five feet of them. <laughs> no, uh, go ahead. All right. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.